Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is Dequel Jackson. Man, it's been a short week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it has. It has. We're back at it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm sure you're. You, you remember those short weeks? So you know, playing in the NFL, right? I mean, you have any of those at all? Ever? Oh yeah. I. You know what? I wasn't. A, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't a big. Oh yeah. Well, I had a few. I had a few. Definitely when uh, the transition from uh, Cleveland Browns to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, we had. We always were on prime time, and you loved it. Sunday night, great. Monday night, even better. But Thursday night, listen, I'm not a big fan of a Thursday night football game. <laughs> I, I am a fan of playing in front of the crowd. All of my family and friends get to watch. It's live. It's prime time. There's no other games, no other football games on. But that short week, as I got older, Lawrence, man, it took my body two days to recover from a Sunday game. You know, and and to transition to a Thursday game. Back when I was in the league, it always kind of segued into a bye week. So for me, I look forward. It was going to be a rough two weeks, but I always look forward to after Thursday game, you get two days off to try to, you know, recoup that, that you know, your injury back. Because, you know, to at my position, uh, you know, it, it, it was brutal to go from Sunday to Monday or Sunday to Thursday or Monday to Thursday. Such a short week. And I'll add this. During that short week, there was no practice. There was pretty much a walkthrough. And now guys are so accustomed to walking through because of the new NFL rules with training camp. With two-a-days, there's no glorified old-school two-a-days. As you know, one practice is a full padded practice. The other practice is a glorified walkthrough. So guys are more accustomed to the short week uh, kind of schedule than in years past, but it, it, I, I didn't like it that much. I really didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, the 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 extra 10 days off before your next game, that's always nice. Like you say, that's kind of like a bye week, but my goodness, right. man, uh, especially especially veterans, uh, your, your, your older players that, uh, you know, you know, they, they, they put their heart and soul out there on the field, and the next day, you know, like you said, Monday – Great. Win or lose doesn't matter, but you got to start preparing really, really short period of time to do so. If your body's like yelling yes. at you, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, it, and it's one thing for your body to, right. Your body's telling you, no, this shouldn't happen this fast. I shouldn't be mentally getting my body prepared to, to go play another 70 plus games. But I'll add this, Lawrence, normally in a short week, I'll, let me take a step back. In a normal week from Sunday to Sunday, you have enough time to game plan. You have enough time from an 
offensive defensive scheme to kind of throw in wrinkles to see, okay, how can we attack this opposing team offensively and defensively and attack them on a special team? Well, in the shorter week, coaches, they don't have a, they don't have a, a night after the game to go to dinner with their families. They got to go right back to the, the office, sleep in the office and hurry up and game plan because the guys back in the next day, you know, so that game plan typically based on the pr- previous week schedule, whether you played a Monday night or a Sunday night, um, Typically, the scheme is much simplified. And we talked about it the last pod, podcast that we did about simplifying things. This week will be the week that, in my opinion, the coach should really dive into and lean into this short week and simplify things so guys can play with their hairs on fire and on both sides or in all phases of the game. We'll get back to that in just a moment, but. This is Thursday night football. There's a lot of betting that's going on. I mean, there's betting lines everywhere. Ten and a half points. Uh, You got an over-under, Jonathan Taylor, 85 yards. Over-under, Carson Wentz throwing touchdown, 1.5 touchdowns this game. All sorts of betting uh, opportunities out there. And right now, Bet Online is back. It is now officially, they got a whole new website and it, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, hockey, boxing, UFC, even, you know, you go to Vegas or something and you like those casino games, you could use bet online to do that. So, you know, go make sure you go check them out and be sure to use the promo code believe 50 to receive your bonus, uh, your welcome bonus. All right. Had to get that out the way. Uh, actually, got yeah, an ad. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> we, we we have one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now i I have a question about tonight, or actually mm-hmm. the process. As you was talking about, you know, the coaches don't have a lot of time, spare time. They have to go immediately right into uh, game planning. Is this a game where you know you talk about you don't really do. Uh, a serious it's mostly all walkthroughs for the players is this a game where the players are mostly trusting their coaches to put them in the right spots rather than you know practicing it on the field yeah it, it's it's, it's going to be very unfamiliar territory for younger guys who you know quite frankly if you're year one to year three you know it's a it's a tough transition to be able to not practice what the new game plan is and actually go against bodies and get and actually knock off that rust and that 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 soreness. So there's a there's a body adjustment, there's a mental adjustment. But absolutely, to your point, you absolutely lean on your coaches coming up with a game plan in a short period of time. But I'll say this: knowing that you have a Thursday night game on a short week, you have other coaches that are assistant coaches that are doing the due diligence two weeks in advance. So you already have a body of work that, you know what, if something else comes up, 
then we'll make the necessary change if need be. But for the most part, they they have a collection of data of guys just collecting data and scouting of g- giving coaches an idea of how to game plan. So absolutely. I only know this because I spent a lot of time just figuring out, OK, what the heck are we doing? Because as a player, as a coach, you don't have enough time to watch six games or so. The breakdown typically from a, a coach to player to start a week is probably around three to four games. Me personally, I would watch six games. So from Monday or Sunday night to Thursday night, you really don't have enough time to get those six games in. So you have to rely and lean heavily on the coaches to do their job and absolutely understand, you know, who you're going up against. At that point, it becomes about it, 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 you. It becomes more of a matchup, right? It's like, okay, I need to beat the man in front of me because the game plan is going to be the game plan. But when it comes down to it on the short week, you got to, you just got to, you know, pull your britches up, put your hard hat on and beat the guy in front of you. And obviously that's a big part of the game, but these short weeks, man, there's so much that goes into it. And one, your body, you know, at week towards the later part of my career, man, it, it was a, it was really a struggle to get get through that week but you did it and you you trusted your coaches to put you in the right position uh to, to be successful yeah it, it does have a lot to do with trusting your coaches i could see that um and, and then like you said that's that's news to me i didn't know that the assistant coaches were out there the ones you know kind of scouting oh, yeah. ahead ahead of time while your regular coaches are are, are focusing you know, your main position coaches are focusing on the game that's directly in front of them. So that mm-hmm. one and oh mentality only goes so far, right? With the, with the, right. Coach. Right. You know, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it allows the coaches to be present, to be where your feet are, to coach the moment and not, you know, intertwine what you've been, <laughs> what a scout or what assistant coach has been telling you about the, 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 the week ahead. So this is the only time looking ahead, matters with the coaches but again you have college scouts you have nfl scouts that are doing that due diligence and and creating that body of of uh scouting reporter tendency sheet to give to the coaches to allow them to make a quick and easy and simple game plan tonight is the first home primetime game held in indy in four years wait what wait say that again wait wait yeah this is no, no, the no, first no, no. time in no, no, four no. years that the Colts have hosted a primetime game. No, that doesn't sound right. That, that doesn't, no, that's right? No, are you kidding me? No. There's no way. They have been oh to my multiple. Gosh. They've been to, like, generally over the last few years, they'll have a primetime game, but it's always been on the road. And they really? haven't hosted one in four years. This is the first one. And, and and since Andrew Luck was quarterback, I mean, that's a, so so when you said that, I immediately went back to I was like, okay, Thursday night game, we typically were Houston, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what? I, yeah, I think yeah, it was in Houston. I don't I don't remember. I remember some Monday night, some Sunday nighters against the Patriots and what have you. Uh, but it was always yeah, at their that, house. That's incredible. Yeah. It was always at their house. That's incredible. That's yep. unfortunate. That, oh my gosh, that's news to me. So that this is, is news to me. Yeah, this is a very important game, not just for the Colts because it's their first home home 
uh, primetime game. This is a chance for the Colts fans for the first time in four years to show the nation on primetime sure. what kind of house the Indianapolis Colts sure. players play in, right? Yes, right? yes, yes. And when that stadium gets to rocking, when, you know, as a player, you feed into it. And especially for these guys, last year, pandemic year, there were guys miss fans. I can tell you that. Guys get an extra bit of juice when the game is on the line, when your fans are rocking, and when you need an extra little push, extra little kick, uh, you know, it just it, it turns your game to another level. But you're absolutely right. This is the time where these guys can show the, the rest of the world this three and five record really isn't indicative of how good we can play. If we all play four quarters, we all play on the same page, we can run the football keep Carson Wentz attempts down, create turnovers on defense, which the Colts are topping the league and doing. So this is a great opportunity against an opponent that you should beat. Oh, well, yeah, should, but you could tell that to the Titans and the Bengals as well. We're going to get to that in a moment, uh, but we just got a tip. <laughs> you can use the link in the description to drop a super chat or use the regular YouTube super chat either way. But if you use the tip um, in the description, then we'll bring up this, this page right here that shows uh, exactly what was said. And this question is brought to Colts loyalists, five, six, seven, eight politically correctness aside as a player. Did you look at some games as needing to be won a certain way? like a statement game, like you need to come in here and win big or is yeah. it always just walk out with an L No, or, I, or a W? I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. not an L. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we, we know what you mean. Uh, listen, the player internally in the locker room, yes, they talk about having statement type of wins. You know, when you're, when you're, uh, and you pride yourself of being a really good football team, you have to put the little brother in his place. And mm -hmm. when a team isn't on your level, you, you, you need to play above that level. So when you face a quality opponent, if not better, then you can match up well and it's a measuring stick. But in front of a camera, if you're a current player, obviously you're going to say the right things. A win is a win. But every player, not every, I can't speak for every player, but the 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 common... I guess the sense of urgency of winning big, you want to leave out of that game knowing you have better confidence before going into it because you played the way you expected to play and you put up points and you dominated the game in a fashion where you thought your team was ranked. Because not only do players look at that, the coaches evaluate their, themselves and your team and your individual players based on how you beat certain opponents in certain times of the year. Right now, the Colts need to get back on track. They've been far too close throughout this season. And a team like this, who's a scrappy Jets team who won recently, you know, these guys are full of energy right now. This, this isn't a trap. You can't call it a trap game because of the Colts record right now. But mm -hmm. you and I, we, we've we seen the Colts play throughout the year. We, we understand the talent that they have when they can put together three quarters. We haven't seen four quarters of dom of dominance yet, but it's we're, they're right on the cusp, and this is a game to do so in front of the rest of the world 
And like you said earlier, the first primetime game in four years, what an opportunity to do so. Yeah, I they, they, the only game this year that they have shown all four quarters was against the Texans, right? 31 to three. That, yeah. was, that was it. Uh, and, and and all the big, big wig teams that, you know, were supposed to be close games were close games. I mean, the Rams, right. close game, the Ravens, close game. Uh, the Titans was a close game, but we were unable to pull that out. Uh, right. We got another one, another tip in the tip jar. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank everybody for your questions and comments in the chat. Obviously, we will get to them, but if you want priority, I'm sorry, we have to take the tip jar first, and let's let's get into that one. Mm-hmm. This question right here is from Ninkovsky. And uh, he says, this is for the cause. Let's go salute DeQuell and Lawrence Owen. You know what? Just just for that, thank you so much, man. I, we, we appreciate <laughs> that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we'll questions, comments, either way, you know, tips always help out a ton. So keep them, keep them coming. Keep the questions coming. We're, Absolutely. We're to... I got a, I got a question here by a guy I had on my show a while back, Pan Am football. He is awesome. He breaks down. Uh, if, if you guys are watching or listening to this and you, you want to know a little bit more about um, like, uh, uh, like salary cap details and things like that, whether it's player or team Pan Am football is the guy to go to. He also has uh, some film rooms that he's been dropping, but he drops a question right here in the chat says to quell the jets went after the Bengals linebackers nonstop. Do you think the Colts linebackers can close fast enough to avoid being beaten in the same way? I think so. I I think Darius Leonard is a one of a kind talent at the linebacker position what he's able to do on the field you talk about when I look at grading linebackers when I look at productive linebackers I look at guys who make impact plays not necessarily you know stats you know that guy is a a a big playability guy waiting to happen I, I saw you break down some of his footage early this week about the tiger strike uh, and just being able to, to to dislodge the football from an offensive opponent. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, given, given the circumstance, given the primetime game, what we've seen from this linebacker crew, and it starts with Darius Leonard of, you know, uh, all out just, you know, he wants to show, put on the show that he he's one of the dominant linebackers in this league. But I, I don't think our linebacker is going to get handled like the Jets did the Bengals linebackers. I just, I just think we're, we're so far, um, you know, above, not above, I shouldn't say that, but so far, uh, so better skilled at the position. Yeah. I, I kind of tend to agree with you on this. I I don't see the Bengals using a lot of screens and flat routes and things of that nature to, uh, to get over on the Colts like they did the Bengals because the Colts, the way they play their, their zone defense, they they rally to the ball. They keep an eye on where the ball is going all the time. Their problem is that that fifteen to twenty five yard mark, right? That that's a problem right. back there. Right, uh, right. Hitting those back you, parts of the zones. Mm-hmm. And that and that that's another point that you bring up. Well, when you major in zone coverage, it allows everybody, all your defensive backs, from linebackers to defensive backs to key the quarterback and see where the ball is thrown. So you get more bodies um, pursuing the football. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where, you know, some, you know, in the red zone area where you kind of alluded to, we have to be better in that area. Well, we major in zone. So those guys are very familiar and comfortable playing the zone coverage and allows us to run to the football, which Iberflus stresses about everyone running to the ball, no loafs and what have you. And, uh, you know, that's the way they, that's the way they play defense. Um. Skyler and Kirsten had a question earlier, and I'm going to tack a little bit on to the end of that question with an actual fact from the game on Sunday. Do you see us crowding the line of scrimmage to see if uh, Mike White mm-hmm. can throw deep? Mm-hmm. Now, with that, the stat that I'm going to throw to you is he averaged four air yards a pass and didn't make one attempt beyond 20 yards in that mm-hmm. game against the Bengals. So wow. would, would crowding that line and making him and force, uh, you know, w- would crowding the line be a good way of going about it? Or do you think that uh, uh, just going about things the way the Colts traditionally do on defense is the way to, the way to go about uh, defending him? You know me, if I play against a young quarterback, I want to throw him multiple looks from the back end to the front end. I'm not going to be a standing target so he can line up and know what coverage we're in and we're not disguising any coverage on the back end. So to answer that question, yes, we should major in it, give him multiple looks. But within those multiple looks, heck, yeah, you crowd the line with your linebackers. And what it does, it forces the offensive lines, what they call a 5-0 protection. It forces every offensive lineman to have a man. And we've seen it early in the year where, uh, our linebackers were able to, we call it as linebackers, coffee housing. You're up on the line of scrimmage and, and it's only, you're only there to manipulate the count with the offensive line. And we saw it early. I forget which linebacker actually um, executed it, but he pretended he was up on the line. He pretended to drop in coverage. The lineman looks out to help. And now he follows up with a blitz and we get a sack. So uh, I believe it was Darius Leonard, but Absolutely. Anytime you crowd the line, it forces someone, it forces the offensive line and the running back to be absolutely right because one guy is going to be free. And uh, yeah, so that's a great question. I think if, for me personally, I love the look, I love the the complexity of it because as a line, as a quarterback, when you're reading that mesh, you don't know who's dropping out, you don't know who's rushing. You're running back. You have to be extremely comfortable that he understands what's going on in front of him to protect you. And it just brings a sense of urgency for the quarterback to get rid of the football. And as you alluded to, um, Mike White, he didn't attempt a pass over four yards the entire game. So obviously, I feel like this game is going to require more man-to-man coverage at times because of all the intermediate routes. Um, I get zone will help, but to really force him to make throws and become a, a full-field quarterback going from his first read, second read, to his last read. So playing man coverage forces him to to scan the entire field. So I do think that area, I that's my number. I love that. I love crowding the line. I, I love to do it when I play. I love to see it when I watch the game. You know Mike White's in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> Oh, oh Jesus. I'm not kidding. His first start in the NFL, most yards (laughs) passed by a quarterback in their first ever start in the NFL and the Hall of Fame 
put his jersey in 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 the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Wow, I played eleven years and not a not a flinch of the Hall of Fame, which is which is fair, <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> but uh, the game is changing. The game is as a quarterback, the way the amount of yards you throw for, and you know, it's all subjective of the era, right? Yeah, it's like, true. It you know, it, quarterbacks nowadays you can throw for a gazillion yards, and it's to be expected, as opposed to. 10, 15 years ago in the Joe Montana era and the Dan Marino era. Imagine if those guys played in this era when you can't maul a receiver off the line of scrimmage. You know, so you, it's fun to play that back and forth game, but hey, the guy earned it. First career start, kudos to him. But we don't want that type of success tonight. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We do absolutely mm. do not. I've got a I've got a question for you. After watching the game, uh, the Titans game, and seeing that Taylor only had 16 carries and Carson Wentz threw the ball 51 times, how many times would you like to see Jonathan Terry, Jonathan Taylor, carry that rock tonight? If we can come out and we can play the way I think the Colts can, I always say we because forgive me for that. I always say we. Um, As fans, believe, fans do the same thing because yeah. we root for them. We feel like we're part of the team. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I'm part of the team. I got the yeah, helmet. Yeah. I got the helmet back here. So, um, yeah. I feel like for Jonathan Taylor to get his money, to get his money's worth, so we can be comfortable watching this football game. I think anywhere between twenty and twenty-five attempts, twenty and twenty-five attempts. Give him the rock, and not just not just handing off. I'm saying. Out of yeah. the backfield, 20 to 25 touches. He needs go. to touch the ball at least 20, 20 times, 20 touches, uh, whether it's screens, whether it's uh, draws, you know, uh, traditional, off, you know, counter, uh, uh, power, duo, all t- give him the ball, give him the rock. And excuse me, and allow Carson Wentz to throw the ball anywhere. You know, I keep switching it up here, but any, anything under 35 reps of him throwing it, I think that's a that's a good productive day. Um, and you're probably around 60. I'm not good at math, but you're probably around mid 60 um, plays or so, 65 plays. I think that's a that's a solid outing for our offense. And, and Jonathan Taylor, you know, getting his hands on the ball. And we know Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get his targets. Last week, I believe he had 15 targets. So he's going to be a, a huge focal point of this offense. And the Jets, they know it. They know mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what their plan of attack will be early on because of they understand Jonathan Taylor if, with his touches, how dangerous he can be. Um, he's had an 82-yarder recently. He, he's able to take it the distance. And anytime you have a back that can take it from anywhere on the field, he's a threat from the red zone all the way to backed up. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that game plan will be, uh, and especially for uh, for Carson Wentz to get rid of the football. Well, see, that's interesting because if you actually go back and look at the Jets' defense, the Jets' front – their front seven is actually not shabby. They got a very good defensive line. Uh, the linebacker that they uh, traded and signed for, uh, C.J. Mosley, a few years back, he's actually healthy for the first time since he's been with the Jets. He's playing well. The oh, yeah. big problem. Oh, yeah. The big He's problem stuck. is, yeah. the The big problem is their entire defensive backfield is nothing but rookies, just a bunch right. of rookies back there, and 
as much as I, you know, as, as much as a lot of fans are so upset that Carson Wentz threw the ball that many times, I would not be surprised if it happens again tonight to take advantage of the inexperience. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I know. It. I, I, I know, agree. I know, but I, no, I, I, I agree with you because it's so enticing to know <laughs> that you have a young secondary and it's prime time, so they're going to be a little hesitant, and everyone's watching, and you want to lean on your veteran quarterback to put you know win in a fashion that you you play with in terms of understanding this is a statement game right like you're gonna have to control those emotions as a coach but i i don't don't like that formula lawrence i'm sorry i just I, i don't like it but you're right there's a great chance of him throwing the ball a ton i listen whatever works to get a w do it, but again, I think I have to. I may have to run the numbers one day to see. Okay, when Carson Wentz throws X amount of t- has X amount of attempts, what's the win loss percentage? I'm gonna have to do that. If anyone's out there, please see what you can find because that would be, be very interesting. That would be an interesting stat line to go look at. Uh, got another one on here by Loyalist again. My guy is out here just throwing stuff around like you know whatever yeah and, uh, and, and great questions great questions at what point on game day did you start blocking everything out and start looking to get into that attack mode mentally yeah it, it all depended on it was easy for the the 12 o'clock one o'clock sunday games right it's like mm-hmm. the minute you wake up it's game time what makes it so difficult for the late games you have all day and all, you know, night, the previous night. And you just, it's a long, just haul, a long time to try to eat up time. You know, as a player, you get massaged, you're watching extra film. Uh, for, you know, it, it all depends on what time you're playing at prime time. But for me, as far as tickets, as far as family and friends, if you were in town, if it was a Saturday after Saturday around seven o'clock, if you didn't have a ticket, don't call me. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it that night because I'm watching film. I'm relaxing. I may watch a movie just to like take a break, take a breather. And then the next day you wake up, you're full throttle. You're in attack mode. But for this particular situation, a Thursday night game, typically you have meetings in the afternoon. So you get to sleep in a bit. Probably you have meetings walk through for a few hours. Uh, at that point, you should be locked in. You should be locked in the entire day. You kind of block out because we all know family. And when you're playing, when you're when you're a player, especially for a big primetime game, you're going to have family and friends in town. You're going to get them tickets. You're going to you want to make sure they're squared away. So uh, for me, I would make sure that was squared away so I didn't have to deal with any of the, you know, any unknowns. Because when I woke up and it was the day of the game, I wanted to be in attack mode and not worry about any other thing other than football and executing my job and going out there and performing to the best of my ability. So it all changed. It, the older I, you know, as I got older in the league, I was able to, you know, talk on the phone. You know, it was like I would talk and just BS with my uncle or, uh, you know, teammates. But uh, I was I was very guys who I played with. They would tell you I was very very serious about game day. I had a routine. 
I had a routine and no one was going to interfere with it. Cyborg's in the cyborg is in here and he wants to know why teams don't run a five man front as their base. And I am going to say one thing. I, I I'm going to leave you answering it, but mm-hmm. the year Atlanta went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots, they ran a lot of five two. A lot. I think they ran that more than they ran their regular base or nickel packages. So, right. you know, it it really depends upon, you know, what your game scheme is. But in general, in today, right. I would say it's because it's a passing league. But uh, I'll leave that question up right. to you, DeCore. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. And it depends on who you have up front. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have some guys that can get after the passer and you don't need them dropping in coverage, hey, what are you going to do? What, what's going to help you have a job? If those guys are really, really good at, at rushing a passer, you put up, you you create that space for them. But some teams develop packages. Some teams call them NASCAR. NASCAR means you put your fast guys out there. You you have a bunch of guys up front that can get after the pass. I, I think uh, New York Giants called it NASCAR back in the day, and it kind of just, excuse me, followed with a lot of other teams. But, yeah, different philosophies for different people. Um, you know, I really don't have a, uh, you know, the light bulb answer for you because it, it depends on who's calling the shots. You know, if you have a coordinator who is adaptable and he looks at his talent and is like, okay, well, I can't run what I traditionally run. I like to run a ton of man, but I can't because I don't have the guys. I don't have a Jalen Ramsey. I don't have a, a Joe Hayden. I don't have, you know, some of these guys that can stand up with the best of the best on the outside. You know, so you have to adapt in that way. But, uh, you know, there was times it's it, it, so many levels to this question. But uh, I think ultimately it comes down to uh, scheme and, and, and your talent pool. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, scheme, talent pool, who you're playing against, you know, that that type mm-hmm. of situation. I mean, if you're going up against like the Patriots who who run the ball a lot. You know, uh, right. I, I could see running a five man front, but yeah, uh, from, yeah. or or against the Browns, you know, who who love mm-hmm. to run the football a lot. I could see that a little right. bit more often. Right. And that's more of an odd front. Anytime you mm-hmm. anytime you win, in my experience, I'm sure the Tennessee's Titans see a lot of odd fronts where you have to put five big guys up there to just take up space and and, and try to, you know, change the math on the um behind the line of scrimmage. So again, it all depends on opponent, scheme, talent pool, a lot of different factors. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening or watching here, please don't forget to check out the backroomcollection.net. They have wonderful canvas-based paintings and other collectibles, including autograph pieces that you can find on their site. Uh, you just use the discount code CL10 and that'll get you um, a little bit of a discount on there on some of the great stuff they have out there on the backroomcollection.net. Uh, I have this DeForest Buckner piece, which was specialty made That's for me. That's a sweet me. piece. Yes. Um, That's a sweet piece. And yeah, you could get that right there because, you know. So did you did you have, did you send him a piece and like, hey, I want a picture of this? Or did he, did you like reach out like, hey, I want a DeForest he, Buckner and he just kind of. You he know, reached out to magic, me. Put his magic touch on. He reached out to me. Asked you can you as a person you can reach out and send a request. Mm-hmm. I want this specific player. 
can you sh- send me some ideas or something? And he'll throw stuff mm-hmm. together at multiple looks to see what you like or dislike and let okay. you choose from it, you know? So that's, at least that's I what he did for me. And I assume yeah. that he could do that with other people because he does a, he does a wonderful job. I have a picture in mind that I got to remember to reach out as a picture of me and the, there's two, one in a Colts uniform tackling, just, just swallowing a, a Steelers a running back, which I absolutely love. And uh, the Colts, I think it was the picture, the deflate gate, like bobble catch. You know, I, I would I would love to have uh, those two portraits just somewhere in this house and somewhere in this room where I could I could show off a bit because he, he does phenomenal work. That's phenomenal work. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Um, again, if you want to make sure that your question or comment is seen or answered, make sure you use either the YouTube chat or the tip uh, link in the description of the video. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you to all of you that are watching currently right now. And those of you that will be listening on the podcast afterwards, my goodness, uh, Speed Maverick Garage um, asks, uh, what about conditioning of the defense Mm. late in a game, especially on a short week like this? If the Jets do a lot of dinking and dunking and the Colts end up striking quickly, how hard is that on a defense? Great, 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 great question. Uh, That's priority number one. Priority number one all week has been to recover and save your legs. Uh, Less is more this week uh, in terms of conditioning, because you're right. Uh, You're going to feel that conditioning, that wear and tear very early on in this football game from last week. And you talk about the defense. Well, when you're on a three and five team, a lot of people don't understand the point I'm about to make here. When you're on a defense that well not in this case more so because this offense being able being able to put up some points at times when need be so uh but when you're on the field early on when you're on a short week whether it's offensively or defensively and we'll keep it on the defense because that was the that was the question yeah your leg your legs get tired very very quickly so um hopefully because we're going into the second quarter of the season those guys have built a callus for the conditioning and they caught their second win. So it won't be much of a factor, but it will be whether or not you understand, you know, whether or not they they would admit it, but it's definitely with my experience, you definitely feel it. You definitely feel the, the, the lactic acid build up and just the heaviness of your, your legs, especially uh, which will be very important for, for our defense to come out and get a stop very early on. Um, three and out, beautiful, but you can't afford to give up a 12, 14 play drive to start the game. So that, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. You know, Oh, you know, it's like, Oh crap. Like I I feel like last week and now you feel like you can get caught in this web of, of, uh, feeling like, you know, you're, you're running in mud. So you, you know, definitely it, it plays a huge factor in this game and so starting fast i know this is cliche as we've ever you know it's cliche but you start fast and allow your team to get the the more rest (laughs) early on is which will benefit you on the back end and especially in the fourth quarter where this team needs it this team needs a push in the fourth quarter as you mentioned earlier the texans were the only game that those guys played up to par only holding houston i believe it was three points so yeah uh 
to be able to put four quarters together, they're going to have to be able to win the, the, the front end of this game so they have the legs and the conditioning and the energy and the sense of urgency to finish the game in the right manner. So that's kind of a, another reason why probably why Darius Leonard and the rest of the team act as a team and trying to acquire those turnovers so they can get themselves off the field, right? Oh, listen, hey, hey, Lawrence, that, that was a real thing. It's like, uh-huh. hey, you know, I remember being on squads like, hey, let's get a turnover so we can get a rest. You know, yeah. like it motivated you. It motivated mm-hmm. guys on the team. Like, let's go out. Let's get a stop so we can have a, you know, get a break and we can blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, guys talk about it. And especially this team, I don't know what, how the conversation goes th- throughout the course of the game when you're able to create turnovers. But we know the guys who are able to, to that has a gift for doing it. And Leonard is one of those guys for sure. Absolutely. Harrison Podvlog, uh, guy from uh, the United Kingdom, says, Lawrence, what's up? What's going on? Dequell question. How hard is it in the locker room when you believe your team is way better than what your record currently is at that point? You know what? I Probably 32 teams in the league think the same thing <laughs> all 32 <laughs> locker rooms <laughs> every every guy in 32 locker rooms feel like their record is much better um than than you know the quality of players on the team but yeah it, it's it's something that it comes with the territory you know it, it's something that you know you talk about uh adversity throughout a season uh the Colts are sitting in the middle of it they're you know and, and they're slowly but surely trying to get themselves out of it and yeah, this is a prime example of the Colts being a lot better on on paper. They should be a five and three team, not a not a three and five team. Yeah, easily. But they aren't. But your record says who you are, and that's who they are this year. Um, you know, hopefully things can change. They can go on a run. But uh, it's something that you learn to deal with. You put it past you, and and you look forward to the following week. And to get a W, to get that that nasty uh, lost stench off your shoulders, and, and and you try to you know do your best to collect as many wins as possible. T.Y. Hilton suffered a concussion in Sunday's yeah. game, and yeah. uh, that that kind of hurts the offense a little bit. You can see how much T.Y. affects if you go back and you look at the the Texans game that we, we just got done talking about mm. first game that they played. And that was the game that he played the entire game. And with him being out in this game, how we talk about this, we, we got Campbell who's out for basically the rest of the regular season. T Y's out with a concussion. We right. have Pascal. Uh, we have Doolin. We have Michael Pittman jr. Um, mm. where, do you focus on Michael Pittman Jr. in the passing game, even even with him being as good as he's been, or would you would you rather take the first guy that's open and just hope hope for the best? And you know, like I said, take that check down yeah. when when you need to. That yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. I, I think it's everything is balanced, right? But if he's your guy, you got to lean on him. That's Carson Wentz has developed a, a a great rapport with him on the field throwing him the football he's able to catch it low catch it high you know he's able to make bobble catches i mean he's showing his catch radius is pretty damn good and so mm-hmm. i think you lean into that i think you have to because opposing teams are going to try to make you play left-handed so uh at times you have to do you know 
build the confidence of your other receivers to say, hey, you know what? Michael Pittman Jr. is our first read right now. He's our guy, but we need to be able to, you guys, it, it should open up other lanes and other opportunities for the other guys to make plays. So, And we have more than capable guys on the outside to get it done. But I think you have to, you have to, this is, this is your strength. I think you have to play to your strength and dictate to opposing defenses that, you know what, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're not going to be silly about it. Uh, we obviously going to, you know, have a broad game plan, a, a game plan, but we also going to make him a focal point of what we want to do offensively. So, yeah. Okay. So after the Titans game, Carson Wentz, obviously Carson Wentz and Frank Reich both went under a lot of heat in the fan base uh, due to specific play calling, uh, obvious, you know, decisions with the football with Carson Wentz at the end of the game, that type yes. of situation. But then you go and you look at the stats that he's got so far this season, and he's on par right now to finish the season with over 4,200 yards passing, 29 touchdowns as opposed to six interceptions. Now, right. do those stats lie, or or is he actually performing you know, better than what people are, are out there yelling about just because, you know, Mm-hmm. bad you know that that reaction to a bad game you, you get right. what i'm saying yeah no i i completely understand what you're saying and back to the point we spoke about earlier stats tell one story the impact plays tells another yes when you're the guy on the team obviously they've already you're the guy right we look for you to to have 29 touchdowns six interceptions to play well but what when you're paid, like Darius Leonard is paid, paid. When you're paid, and I hate to talk about money, like Carson Wentz is paid, they're not paying you to make play. They're paying you to make us better. And when it boils down to it, when you evaluate Carson Wentz, when you evaluate the top guys on our team, are you making us better? Are you getting us over the hump? You know, because we brought we 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 know it's a it's a proven fact that you're a solid, decent starter for us. So the way I grade these guys, you know, is impact plays. Do you make the plays? Do you make the throws in the fourth quarter? Do you really, are you a really good decision maker? Are you taking care of the ball when the ball needs to be taken care of? And those six interceptions, are you, are those interceptions coming in the fourth quarter as opposed to the first quarter? You know, I hate to talk about another guy, but there's a guy who, who, who dealt with a ton of criticism throughout his, his career is uh, the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. He played with the Washington football team. Kirk Cousins? Um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins this year, and I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but his touchdown throws have all come in the first three quarters. He hasn't thrown uh, a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And I don't know what his stats are right now, but that's a problem. When Mm -hmm. you look at, to the point I'm making, what – impact plays are you making we're paying you to make us better not just to be a guy so uh he is playing well and like you said if he's on par to throw for 42 that that is a great season but for up for this team to get out of this hole and for this team to take the next step with in my opinion is a championship roster that was formulated you got to make those plays when called upon yeah one way of doing that is something we've already talked about, and that's feeding Jonathan Taylor, getting him the ball multiple times. And Brandon Wood agrees. He says, we need Taylor to have like 250 yards tonight. 
not just ground yeah, and just pounding, but through the air, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right. He said, he says, the yeah. Jets give up the check downs and run the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't no. have to be pretty. At least early on, give them the ball. Let them know, hey, I'm, I'm going to you. I, I see you. I know what, what you can, how you can help me, you know, this offense and this football team. And when he's rolling, I tell you, it, it energizes that football team. It energizes the defense on the, on the sideline watching the game. So, yes, I definitely agree. Obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. has been a focal point, but Jonathan Taylor has to get his touches. He has to. I mean, it's a crowded back room, and he's clearly separated himself from the rest of them. Are you a proponent of if something is working, don't try to fix it? Or are you a proponent of even if it's working, keep changing it up, keep the defense on its toes when it comes to offensive uh, play calls? Keep, keep. I, I like to change it up, but keep, you know, if, if, if for me, and I know what you're saying, Change it up, which makes you harder to defend. And but your guys are your guys. You make sure they don't lose their touches. And however you figure that out, I think that's the best way of doing it. Because you know, when you're sitting duck, when everyone knows what you're doing, you're easier to stop. You're easier to read. Yeah. Your, your tendencies, you know, stick out. So yeah, I'm that I'm that guy. I'm, I'm not a, a guy that believes you live and die by doing the same things that got you there. I. No, you, you need to be able to change things up when need be, but also make sure your guys are getting your touches. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor's getting eight yards of carry, help him out by by loosening that that up in the back, you know, throwing over the linebackers and so that the, you know, it keeps people honest, but still feed sure. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. right? That way yeah, he can I, continue I, to make those yards. Right. I, I think every quarterback, <laughs> yeah, I think every quarterback would agree, hey, heck, I want to you know, if I can get a stud behind me to run the football and take pressure off of me, let's do it. I don't think any quarterback, most of them for that matter, would say, hey, let's throw the ball 50, 60 times and let's put the ball primarily in my hands. There, there aren't a few, there, there, there aren't many guys that can say, hey, let's do that and, and be, you know, uh, that guy that you expect him to be. There's a few get Tom Brady is one of those guys. And he he's that hasn't been the way he's played the game. He's been a run to set up the pass type of guy, check down guy, intermediate guy. You know, he plays the game according to what the defense gives him. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is another guy. You could put the ball in his hands. We've seen how successful he's been throughout his career. Uh, but I think in this case with the Colts, there has to be a balance. There can't be a, a, a lopsided, you know, we, we haven't seen us run the football more than we, obviously that's unrealistic, but uh, I think if you come out and you say, you know what, he's Jonathan Taylor's getting his touches. We're going to stay committed to run the football. It'll completely hit the jets left-handed and they won't know what's coming. They won't have a game plan for it. One moment here. I am looking something up, but there was a question in here about something. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how much Jets football have you seen this year? Me personally? Yeah. <laughs> that's the question. Uh, that's not, not the question, much. but it, it relies okay. on that question. 
All right. Not, so I, not much. <laughs> I figured as much. Most people don't. You're right. I mean, there's there's usually mm-hmm. not a lot of people out there that watch a lot of, unless you're a, you know a Jets fan. Um, right. but the question was, is there is the is the D line of the Jets really that good, or are they just trying to hype them up to make you know this more a watchable game? And I personally, I think they're darn good. I think this mm-hmm. D line, the D line is D-line. very good. Right. Uh, and Williams is a stud. Sheldon oh, Rankins yeah. is a stud. All yes. right. So, and then they got Shaq Lawson out there. They got um, Jonathan Marshall, uh, uh, Futakasi. Um, you, there's, there's, there's guys on that line that are very, very solid. So I really, that's the strength of the, of, of this defense of the jets is that D line, right? Clearly, clearly. But we, we have some guys on the other side of the ball that match that can match up with anyone in the league. So you can, you know, cancel each other out in that, in that space. Now, you know, the jets have always, those are some big guys that you mentioned, Qu- Quinnen Williams. That I remember when he was drafted, that's a big human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're more than capable of, of wrecking a football game. But I think we just have too many weapons. I, I do think, you know, it, they're giving credit. The people watching and evaluating the Jets are giving credit to the strength of their team, as you just said, is the D-line. But we have a decent O-line ourselves that can, again, you know, go toe-to-toe with these guys. And we have some backs, which we've mentioned that can that's a mismatch out of the backfield catching and running the football out of the backfield so uh, i think it's a fair assessment to say to give those guys credit like listen there's no easy victories in the national football league every guy and i'm about to get go a little dive a little deeper every guy you know most guys love their you know uh if they have a family they love the way they support them this is a grown man sport they're not doing this for fun. This is this is their job. This is their livelihood. So regardless of the record, you have to respect every opponent as if you're capable of being beat because you are. Because as you know, there's a lot of parody parody throughout the NFL, throughout this league. It's the teams that can learn how to win and learn how not to lose, you know, on a on a weekend and, and week out basis. So uh, this team is more than capable of winning. You know, last, you know they beat a, a, a up and coming team with the Bengals, who a lot of people were given a lot of credit to early on with Joe Burrow and and his receiver out of LSU. So uh, they're more than capable of coming out and playing a really uh, solid football game. So I don't think this is going to be a pushover. I don't think you think it's going to be a pushover, but we do think. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I do think the Colts can outman this unit. Oh, no, this is definitely not a game that the Colts should overlook. The Indianapolis Colts, if you look at the look at the teams that they played and who they've beaten, they have yet to beat anyone that has more than two wins this season. Right. The Jets have beat two five-win teams, including the team that beat us twice this year, right? The In Titans. the Titans. Right. So right. I do not overlook them. Do not think that they're this is just gonna. We're going to walk in. It's going to be a 50 to 10 game. It's not going to happen that way. Okay. <laughs> no. it's, it's, it's not going <laughs> to. No. This is, this no. is a, Robert Sala is, is proven to be a very solid coach. Um, and he's working with a lot of issues too. Like that number two pick is hurt right now. And he's got a guy, Mike White. Mm-hmm. No one knew nothing about. Jets fans knew nothing no. about him. Come in. 
and <laughs> beat the Bengals, right? I mean, so right. You know, he needed that. He 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 needed that win because you know <laughs> there was chatter, not chatter, but you know, even though I didn't watch the Jets like most in you know regional people, regional New York people would watch, but you know I would watching them and and just seeing clips uh, you know you started the question like was he the man for the job you know and you go out and beat the Bengals and those guys scrap you know they're they're again they're they're the top dog uh they invested a, a lot of you know uh uh you know draft capital into he's out you know he's out so that that changes the what your team looks like yeah uh Brandon Wood in here Big, big point here says we need to limit the holding calls. Uh, don't want Frank Reich to get throw happy again. And that's a big point. Jonathan Taylor had two 30 plus yard runs mm-hmm. called back due to holding yeah. against the Titans. And that may have had a little bit of impact on the play calling going on throughout the rest of the game. So. Yeah. Yeah, any any anytime you get behind early, it, it, it just it, it's a it's an energy killer. You know, it throws like most most offensive coordinators on that play sheet. That play sheet may be a five to ten plays of second and fifteen. You just don't design plays to mm-hmm. be behind. You call plays to be on schedule to win on first down, manageable second down, and so forth. So uh it's gonna happen. You can't avoid it. Uh, but that tells me the guys are playing hard and they're trying to protect Carson Wentz. And I'd much rather you – obviously this isn't the case, but Jonathan Taylor, they understand when it's a call run, if he's a primary target, you know, it helps that your guys uh, uh, want to see you succeed. You know, clearly he's a good guy because or else they wouldn't block their tails off to get to spring them open. So that plays a part as well. But, again, Frank Wright, who is Frank Wright? Frank Wright has never been a guy to lean on running the football to where we can lean on and say, hey, you know what? This guy runs the football. He just he hasn't been that way. And I again, he's had a lot of different obstacles thrown at him with players not plugging and playing different players and, and what have you. So uh I, I just think now they 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 need to put it together in front of a home crowd on primetime television. What a game to watch. I'm excited to watch this one. So, you know, Johnson Taylor and company and, and all these guys, I, I really hope they can put put a, a great game plan together and not get so pass happy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Let's not get so pass happy. We are now closing in on the final parts, uh, final minutes of this hour. We will be leaving here shortly. Appreciate each and every one of you watching this live on YouTube. Please don't forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe if you're not subscribed, and tag that notification bell so that you're notified next time we go live or upload a video because most of the time, as you know, we upload. Uh, Go check us out wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Uh, And those of you that have downloaded this and are listening to the audio podcast, thank you so much for your support. Now, it's about that time. We're about an hour away from the game time to quell. I want predictions, man. Ooh. I want a prediction. Yeah. What are we looking okay. at? Okay, okay. I, you know what? I think this game will be. I think we're we're gonna put up close to. I've been thinking about this one. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to just let it just flow. So I think we're capable of putting up at least 24 to 30 points tonight. But in the end, I really think this game is going to be about, let's say, 24-13. Colts win. Roughly around there. Yeah. I'm I, I have this game as a, this team is pissed mm-hmm. over the okay. loss of the Titans game. And I think okay. this is, this is a face saving game coming in. That's what they're looking at. Yes. They don't want that first home primetime game and then mm-hmm. to come out and look like crap. And then they're going to take their anger yeah. out on this team. And not just defensively, offensively. Every time Jonathan – I would not want to have to try to tackle an angry Jonathan Taylor. He already runs angry. Why make him even angrier? <laughs> I have a feeling he's already going to be that way. <laughs> right. I got this I, I got this game. Now, I, I do think that the Jets – Mike White is showing that he is accurate inside 20 yards. All right? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we can't get pressure – I think he could really do some stuff uh, against mm-hmm. our zone defense, probably move the ball a little bit. But I, I don't think that they're going to be able to handle us, um, you know, on a, on a scoring basis. I think the Colts win this one 35 to 24. Okay. Okay. I like that. I, I, I really do. I, I think they're going to be juiced up. Yeah. I think they're going to be juiced up. All the points you just made, the way they lost last, last year or last week against the Titans, what a – just a uh, it's a, the worst way to lose. Yeah, I, I think those guys are going to come out focused, and that's what we all hope. They're going to, and I'm sure the game plan is simplified. You know, you don't have all these checks within checks. You know what? We're going to line up and go play. We think we're better than these these other guys. So uh, I, I'm agree. I'm I'm going with the Colts uh, tonight. Yeah. They're going to pull it out. They're definitely going to pull it out. Definitely so got to come away. Definitely got to come away with that W, no matter what. Right, uh, they're in playoff mode now. They lose, you might as well throw the season away. I mean, really, <laughs> right now, you, yeah. you, you can't be three yeah. and six. There's just no yeah. way. Yeah, last week was a must win. This is this that same intensity since the urgency. You got to get this one. You All right, guys. Thanks everybody so much for watching. Dequell and I appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to keep an eye out for us. Uh, to talk about other games as well probably be back probably monday maybe sunday probably monday though right uh and and uh until next time uh for dequell jackson i'm lawrence owen go colts go colts let's go baby without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.